0: you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller.
1: Do you love your work? Of course you do. You wouldn't be hanging around here if you didn't love your work or at least believe it's possible. Well, we're going to be talking about how to increase that. Going to have a little bit different format today. Hey, our sponsor today is Audible, my friends at audible.com, where we find the best in over 150,000 book titles that can transform your life. I've got a book today I'm going to recommend I've never recommended before. I know I haven't, and I can't believe I haven't, because it's one that's been a key component of my library for years. I'm going to be sharing that with you anyway. If you go to audiblepodcast.com slash 48days, you can find a free audiobook and I'll tell you which one I recommend today. Well, what makes you unique? We're going to be talking about that. Here's some things we're going to be looking at today. And then I'll tell you why today's format is going to be a little different. What am I giving up for my success in business? Have you ever thought about that? Are you giving, what is the trade-off for success in business? Well, we'll look at that. Dan, I want to do something stupid. Now, why would somebody say that? Why would anybody want to do something stupid? Well, I'll tell you why. There's a good reason for that. We all ought to be trying to do things that are stupid. And I'll tell you exactly why. Is it true that entrepreneurs suck at mental health? Got some opinions on that. Why don't we just close our schools for two years and see what happens? What are 12 things that make you unique? If they don't care, don't waste your time. We're going to be talking about all of those and more. Here's our quotation for today comes from Antoine de Saint-Expire. If you want to build a ship, don't drum up people to collect wood and don't assign them tasks and work but rather teach them to long for the endless immensity of the sea. Well, I love that. Sometimes we get so micro-focused on just doing the task. I mean, it's like uh, the process of making a car. You know, being a car guy, I'm still fascinated with that. And guys used to make a car from start to finish. Well, that's not true anymore. A guy sits there, he puts one nut on this bolt, or he just puts on the windshield wipers. All he's doing is putting on windshield wipers. They lose the sense that they're creating a car that's going to transport a, a family to Disneyland or get somebody back and forth to a business deal. Sometimes we lose the big picture by focusing on just the details of what we're doing. Hope you don't. Well, here's how this is going to be a little bit different. This week I attended a conference here in Nashville called Grow Smarter, sponsored by Inc. Magazine had some other members of my mastermind come in from parts of the country. We went together and it was just, just an awesome experience in that. We were able to rub shoulders with some people who are very successful, who have done some things. And I want to tell you about some of those people and their unique input in what they've done. And it kind of broadened my view again. It kind of reminded me there's a whole lot of ways to be successful in business. It's not just the kind of things that I'm doing as an author, speaker, coach, and it was a refreshing reminder of the different ways that people are still making amazing amounts of money and having success in their own personal lives. Well, just a reminder again, on May 1st, our episode here is going to be focused on the topic. Why do the rich get richer and the poor get poor? So if you got a, a response to that, make sure you get that in. I've got 10 brand new copies of Think and Grow Rich. I'm going to be giving out just to random respondees. So go responders rather, so go ahead and uh, get your suggestions in. Why did the rich get rich, richer and the poor get poor? We're going to have a lot of fun with that. I'm still not quite sure how we're going to condense that into 48 minutes with the hundreds of responses that I've gotten, but I love seeing those. If you got a unique input on that, why the rich get richer and the poor poor, just uh, shoot it in to ask at 48days.com. Now what I want to do is just tell you about some of the people who were presenters this week at this conference. One of those was Damon John. Now you probably recognize that name from being one of the sharks on shark tank. Damon's a very successful fashion guy. FUBU for us by us is his brand been around for some time kind of in the hip hop space. You know, his first product Really interesting guys, really down to earth, very approachable, generous, beyond belief. Um, but anyway, his first product was a hip hop hat. Now, his mother was very supportive. He's no dad around, but his mom was very supportive, encouraging him in things they could do. Uh, he saw these hip hop hats come out, just kind of a wrap a scarf. In essence, went to the store, bought some fabric. He and his mom cut it up. He went and stood in front of a all and sold over $800 worth in one hour. That's what launched him onto what he's doing now. now. He's an expert in your urban fashion and sportswear. I mean, he's, um, they estimate he's worth at over $250 million at this point. He's president and CEO of Fubu, as I mentioned. Um, just, check, just check it out. I mean, he, he really is a sharp guy. He mentioned, incidentally, that four of the six sharks are dyslexic. Now, we talk about that on here frequently, and people say, oh, what can I possibly do? You know, I've got ADHD or ADD or I'm bipolar or dyslexic. You know, my choices are slim. Four of the six sharks who are bazillionaires, most of them, are dyslexic. They've gone on to do things anyway, and usually that forces people to do things that are not normal, that are not just routine, boring, repetitive, and so they get out and do something exceptional. So if you're challenged with one of those maladies, you may want to see it as an asset rather than a liability. I'm working with a young physician right now. He's a doc, so he already has an MD behind his name, but he's dyslexic, ADD. Uh, has essentially a photographic memory, so going through school was not really a challenge. He just saw everything. He could ace the test, even if he didn't learn much. Well, I we'll won't go into how that prepares him as a doctor, but what I've told him is that being ADD now opens the door for him to do something extraordinary rather than just being one more boring physician. He's accepting that, and we're exploring some pretty cool things. Anyway, Uh, The Sharks, Damon John, he says they invest in people they like. It's not just having the best idea. They invest in people they like. Now, what I want you to do as I go through just some of the people that I had a privilege of meeting this week is just kind of identify for yourself. What's your takeaway? What is it that you can learn from these people who have been extraordinarily successful? So if you're somebody that other people like, you have a much higher chance of them wanting to hitch their wagon to what you're doing, or invest money in what you're doing. If you have dyslexia, don't think that that's a stopper. Recognize four out of the six sharks on Shark Tank also have dyslexia. Look at what they're doing. It's not a roadblock. It just allows you to look at things in a different way. One other guy I met was Bree Pettis. Now, you you may not recognize that name, but he's very active in the 3D printer arena I mean, that's where he made his mark now here's some of the things before i tell you really what he did in terms of business i want to tell you about how he thinks he says innovation and absurdity are a hair apart now i love that innovation and absurdity so if somebody thinks what you're doing is crazy you may be really close to doing something that will be an out of the park success for you is do things that don't yet exist. He's the one that says doing something stupid is probably getting you closer to innovation. When you're doing something, people say, ah, that can't be done. You know, you'll never be successful doing that. Yeah. And if they say, hey, that's stupid, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to, you know, mix milk with orange juice, whatever it is. Kent Julian does a thing in one of his presentations where he mixes lemonade and chocolate milk. Well, it's stupid, but boy, you'll never forget the point that he makes in doing that about doing something that's innovative. So do something stupid. You may be on the track to doing something innovative. Now, what Bree did was that he was teaching school and he is, he's a geeky guy. I got a photo of him that I put up on Instagram and Facebook. If you check that out, you'll see a photo of me with Bree, but he was teaching school making $30,000 a year you know, just trying to keep from being bored, you know, trying to give the kids some glimmer of hope, challenging their creativity. But he started tinkering with a 3D printer. He started a little company called MakerBot in 2009. Four years later, sold that company for $403 million. That's a pretty rapid growth. There's not many Real companies to do that, but he got into that space at the right time. 3D printing is really, really hot. Now I'm going to be telling you about another guy too, uh, Jay Rogers, who has Local Motors, which is a company, and they had a 3D printed car here at the convention. I mean, an actual car you can sit in. And, and here's the cool thing with 3D printing: you can design your own car. You can design your own car, and in 90 days drive it out the door at a very reasonable price, choose the drivetrain you want, design your own car. We're going to see a revolution in how cars are made, but that's the potential of 3D printing. Now, I've got some things. I've got somebody who printed me a little V8 engine with moving parts, the crank in the front. You can actually turn it out, and it was created using 3D printing. But That means that if you need a replacement part or another office component in your office, you just print it, and the printer actually prints a 3d a real physical object that's the direction that we're going well that's what Bree did that's the company he started he's a very innovative guy believe me he's the one that said entrepreneurs stink at mental health they're high candidates for suicide depression so you got to watch those things it doesn't mean don't be an entrepreneur it just means recognize you know working on your own a lot of them are pretty uh a lot of us rather are, are socially awkward introverts you know don't fit in well in a big social situations. just make sure that you're doing things to stimulate and protect your mental health just because we're more, more prone to that doesn't mean that you have to succumb to those tendencies just do things that keep you healthy now I asked Bree I said you came out of the education system you have a little girl he's got a little girl three and a half years old I said, what would you suggest we do as parents and grandparents to stimulate creativity and innovation in our children? Well, he went off on how he thinks the education system we have is, I will not quote him, trust me, but he thinks the education system we have is really messed up. He says what he'd do is close the schools. We've got for two years, just close the schools. He said, it'll force us to come up with better solutions. I said the reason people would go ballistic about closing schools is not that parents believe that their kids are getting a great education, but it's because mom and dad are busy and schools are a convenient babysitter. Now, yeah, I know that's pretty radical. Some of you may resist that, but that's the way he views it. We've just turned the schools into babysitters. We teach the kids to do ordinary, in-the-box kind of things, prepare them to be assembly line workers. And we do not teach schools are not set up to foster the uniqueness that we ought to be pulling out of every child. He says school is not an environment to explore who they are and how to make an impact. His little girl is in preschool. And he says, actually preschool may be the pinnacle of our academic system because that's where you learn to share, build friendships, create community. And he thinks it's downhill from then on from preschool. Well, a lot of innovative thinkers out there people like seth godin brian tracy others who are are pretty critical mark cuban pretty critical of the academic system that we have and say that it is broken we need to dismantle it and come up with something better fortunately we have a lot of options i mean i've got a lot of grandkids running around at this point i love what they're able to do how they're able to learn none of them do go to a traditional school i have 12 grandkids none of them go to a traditional school and it allows for a lot of creativity and how we're helping them learn, and grow, and develop their own uniqueness. Well, that's probably a topic for another day. Bree, again, Bree Pettis, founder of MakerBot, said he'd like to make all innovation and technology open source. That means just make it available to everybody. Share your ideas. Don't try to protect your ideas or hold on to it. But there's a big but here. He recognizes that in a company, you need to generate money. You can't just give it all away. You need to generate money. And that's that critical third leg of the stool that I talk about a lot where we combine our passion and talent and an economic model. There has to be a market for the combination of your passion and talent. I'm going to be doing a, speaking at a workshop in Orlando uh, this next week, but talking about that particular thing. A lot of people who are drawn to ministry, or humanitarian, godly kind of things, gee, they just want to, you know, share with the world their goodness. Well, it just doesn't work. You've got to have some kind of an economic model if you want to continue doing that. You know, otherwise, you'll dry up the resources and end your opportunity to continue, continue to, to help the world. Well, again, just a, just a reminder, today's show is brought to us by Audible. You can visit audiblepodcastcom slash forty eight days for your free audiobook download. Now here's the one I'm going to recommend. I can't believe I haven't recommended this before, but I'm sure I haven't. But it's one of the old standards in my bookshelf, and it is this. How to think like Leonardo da Vinci. Seven Steps to Genius every day. I love that book. It's a large size paperback. It's 12 bucks or whatever. On, on audiobook, aud- audible podcast here where you can go and, and get it in the audio version. Uh, there's an abridged version of it by the author, Michael Gelb. It's only two and a half hours. So check that out. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash 48 days. Put in how to think like Leonardo da Vinci. I love that book and how it's helped create or stimulate my own creativity in how I look at things. I mean, Leonardo da Vinci, I mean, he had ideas about hydraulic pumps and about the helicopter and hot air balloons way before they ever existed. But he had those ideas because he was that kind of a creative genius. And then the other book, if you want another one, if you haven't yet gotten it, so you can be up to speed for our May 1st edition here, get think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill. Now I add that because there's a whole lot of versions of think and grow rich in audible versions out there that you can get, but I recommend you get the one, by Napoleon Hill himself. So you can hear that squeaky old voice. It just makes it somehow more real. So those are my two recommendations. Go to audible com slash 48 days. Get how to think like Leonardo da Vinci or think and grow rich. Get them both. Get them both. Those are both great pieces that will add to your own creativity. Now, another speaker at this conference was Joe Gibbia. Again, not somebody who's high profile, he is the founder of Airbnb. What an amazing success story. Airbnb. Think about there, again, doing something stupid. I mean, one of those things, when we're taught to keep strangers out of our houses, we do all kinds of things to protect our houses. And now a guy comes along and says, hey, when you're leaving town, why don't you just open your house up to somebody you've never met before, don't know from Adam, and have them stay there, and they'll pay you a few bucks to do that. Is that an innovative idea? Yes. Breaking the concepts about how things have always been done. Now, it's really not that foreign to me. I mean, I grew up, you know, I grew up Mennonite and in that environment, our house was always open to strangers. We had a whole lot of people come through. There's actually a book that we've used, a book that is titled Mennonite Your Way. Now, it's not a big seller because it's not really open to everybody, but it's for people who are in the Mennonite community. And it just lists other houses. So if you're traveling, they think it's poor stewardship, frankly, to pay for a hotel. If there's another family somewhere in the area where you're going to be going, they think it's a better use of your resources to stay with the family. You build community, you build friendships, you share resources, and it's a more godly way to live anyway. But so I grew up with that being a very common thing. We always had people coming through staying at our house. But Airbnb kind of rocked the boat for the common thinking out there today. Joe started by simply recognizing there was a conference coming to uh, San Francisco where he was living at the time. A couple other guys in an apartment. And they thought, boy, this conference, every hotel is sold out here. We ought to just pull out the air mattress that we've got. Let somebody stay here. Right right now, there's uh, the NRA convention is going on in Nashville. And uh, believe me, their hotels are four and five hundred dollars. And there's nothing available from Bowling Green to Huntsville, Alabama. And there's a whole, I'm sure everything that's listed in Airbnb is taken as well. Um, Yep. So he started with not only one mattress before the convention actually came to town. He bought a couple others as well. So he had three air mattresses to put on his apartment floor. They made it kind of a fun experience for people that showed up to rent those. So they rented those out. But also had, you know, snacks and took them on a tour of the city, that kind of thing, which is a way that he encourages people to be involved in Airbnb. Now, here's the deal. Talk about an innovative idea. Airbnb owns no properties. They don't have anything that they own. And yet they're larger as a business than Hyatt, Hilton, Holiday Inn, any name you can come up with. They are bigger. The company is now valued at over 20 billion dollars and they have no properties it's simply a concept but because of the infrastructure they built to connect people have people list on there the company is valued at over 20 billion dollars i mean it's just amazing again a simple idea and i know a lot of you out there having a v8 moment you know you smack yourself in the forehead and think, why didn't i think of that well, that that's what I want you to be doing as we go through some of these ideas today is be thinking about what is it that you're overlooking? What is the opportunity that's right under your nose? What is it that if it were just done a little differently than what the way people have gotten used to doing it could put you in a position to have an astoundingly successful business? Now, here's here's a little story that uh, Joe told us. Uh, he says there was a couple in Boston who had a tree house in their backyard that they had when their kids were growing up and the kids grew up and moved away and they were going to tear down the tree house. And the kid says, well, don't do that. Why don't we list it on this new funky kind of site called Airbnb? Why don't we just list it there? Well, they did that. Well, they freshened it up a little bit, but here's the deal. Now they're renting out that tree house and it pays the mortgage on their primary house month after month after month year round. Renting a tree house in the backyard and it pays their mortgage. Now we have here on our property and a lot of you have been here, we have the sanctuary, which is in a, another building. It would be so easy to make this available, especially right now. You know, we have it's a it's a standalone building, has all its own facilities here, two full bedrooms, kitchen, all of that. You know, we, we could put another Golly, we could put another 10 air mattresses out in the open meeting area that we have here. We could rent this sucker out for 1500 bucks a night with a convention like NRA in town. Well, as a matter of fact, it, it, it's booked just with people who have asked if they could use it. And we make it so readily available so there's no openings, but a, certainly a, a tempting thought now and, then, now and then. Now, another couple who presented were Kara and Theo Golden. Now, they started Hint Water. Now, most of these companies have a really short history. These are not companies that are 100 years old. These are companies that are, you know, four or five, 10 years old. But Kara Golden in 2004 was unhappy with what she was seeing in the way that there were sugar and preservatives and all of her children's juices and also having had her second child she was concerned about the extra you know, 30 pounds she had put on and realized that she was drinking um, a whole lot of Diet Cokes every day. And she decided she just needed to drink water. She started drinking water. She lost 30 pounds, was feeling better, but she was bored with just drinking water. And she thought, God, there's got to be something between these sugary soda drinks and just boring water. She experimented with a little fruit and thus came up with Hint water. Hint water And they're doing, I think it's like $132 million last year that they did. Selling water, no sugar, no preservatives. You can find it at Whole Foods. She's done a great job of getting it out there to people. But here's another thing that's interesting about what they're doing with Hint Water. They have a large clientele who order their water online. So about 80% of their online business is done with people buying water and they get it every month shipped to them when you think about how absurd that is really to ship water have to have it delivered well it's just another innovative way to look at what we would think yeah that'll never work people aren't going to pay for water and people aren't going to pay for water that is not even sugary or has anything it's just got a little hint of fruit taste to it well go check it out check out hint water and you'll you can see it at some of your local places there, the health food stores, and they've done exceedingly well with that business. All right, here's another guy, Johnny Cupcakes. Now, I hope you're familiar with that. I hope you're familiar with the name because this is one of the craziest ideas that you'll ever encounter. Johnny Cupcakes. Now here's the deal. He put out um, guy. He made a T-shirt is what he did. He made a T-shirt using a cupcake on top of a skull design. That's kind of the company's logo. He started selling those T-shirts out of the trunk of a car. Now I got him introduced to a couple bands that were touring he, Johnny's done a great job of getting celebrities to wear his shirts and promote them, but now he has standalone stores He doesn't want to be sold through chain stores. He's opening up stores not only here But around the world showed us a little video of when he opened in England. I mean they had lines Blocks and blocks long there were people who had flown there from other countries to be there for the grand opening Now here's the thing Johnny cupcakes And, that, and of course that's not his real name. His name is Johnny Earl, but he doesn't sell cupcakes He's used cupcake as a theme. You come into his stores and they're like bakery cases there and refrigerators. It's got a bakery theme and there's nothing to eat. He sells T-shirts, another kind of memorabilia, shorts, sweaters, undergarments, all those things. So he's taken something. It almost seems, well, I mean, it does seem stupid. And there are people who stood in line to get in there thinking they were going to get an amazing cupcake. And there's no cupcakes. It's a total spoof. But because of that, I mean, he's made an amazingly successful business. Now, here's some of the things that he says. Make your packaging interesting. I mean, if you look at like Apple, what they've done, I mean, a lot of us have the boxes that we got our iPhones or our, our Mac Pros or iMacs in because the box is so incredible. He says, make your packaging interesting and then allow your people, your customers to have a new experience. People thrive on new experiences. He said, when somebody gets your product in the mail or however they receive it, it ought to, they ought to feel like it's their birthday. And this is where he says, What are 12 things that make you unique? Can you list 12 things about what you do, about your product or service that make you unique? You know, if you can't, start adding those things. I mean, I had to think about. A lot of the things that we've done here, even like making our packaging unique. Yeah, we do that. We have a little sticker on the outside that says, Stop. Before you open this up, call this toll free number. Dan has a 48 second message for you. And incidentally, you can call that. It's 888 48 days two. I mean, that's the number. And, and not only do customers call, but UPS guys call, and postal service guys call, and neighbors call because they see the package. But that's one of the things we do to make the packaging unique and then of course you open it up and there are those 48 luscious peppermint candies that melt in your mouth i mean we want it to be an unexpected bonus an experience you would never get anywhere else you don't get a book from barnes and noble or from amazon that has all those goodies in there but uh, from us you do well johnny says stop making excuses start making stuff and one of the things that i was reminded of in meeting all these people is how there's a real place for real tangible products. Now, I know I'm kind of enamored in this intellectual property space, and I like the idea that we can do an e-book that has zero cost to it, you know, sell it and there's a 100% markup. Every single penny is profit. I mean, I love being in this space, but I don't want to overlook the value of what people are doing with real physical products, and everybody I've talked, to, well, no Airbnb, that's that's an idea. But the other things I'm talking about, they're making real products. Make a, a 3D printer, that's yeah, a real product. I mean, if you are um, making cupcakes, well, he's not making cupcakes; he's making T-shirts. But uh, some of the things that I'm that I was talking to people about here, these are real products. Another one, another person there was Jessica Alba. Jessica, you probably know her as a celebrity, as a movie star. That's the way most people do. She doesn't even have her name on her company, but her company is The Honest Company. She started that, again, by having little kids and being concerned about all the toxic chemicals that are in products, including, like, baby wipes and diapers that we use on our children. She says, this is nuts. I want to have things that are non-toxic. She couldn't find the kind of things that she wanted, so she was decided she was committed to make those spent a lot of her own money uh, getting things up and running. But today has the honest company and they did uh, over $150 million in sales last year. And um, really are the company's valued at over a billion dollars, but they want to make products that are effective, non-toxic, beautiful, affordable, sustainable. But again, some of the other things kind of crept through this uh, treating your customers. Well, having direct connection with your customers, the honest company doesn't sell their products through major retailers. They don't sell their, well, they, they do some, but they don't sell like on Amazon because they want to maintain the direct connection with their customers. So they know what their customers are thinking. They can respond to inquiries they have and they want to be have that direct connection and build those relationships. One of Jessica's business tips, surround yourself with extremely talented people. And she had a couple there with her. Um, People who obviously brought a lot of value to how the company's being run. Surround yourself with extremely talented people. If you're the smartest person in the room, find a new room. That's something I heard from my buddy, um, John Tesh, you know, who does intelligence for your life, the late night a radio show and lots of other things. But he says, if you're the smartest person in the room, find another room because you don't want to be that Marshall Goldsmith spoke. Now he's known as an executive life coach, perhaps, I don't know. He may be the best known executive life coach, but he talked about, he joked a lot about how he created his own business niche and now, now, he has kind of an interesting philosophy. He gives a lot of things away. He's not really concerned about building financial wealth like some of the others were. So it was kind of a, a fresh input to hear him talk. But he talked about the fact that, yes, he is an entrepreneur for 38 years. He says he's had a guaranteed base salary of zero. So that's what it is. And a lot of the work that he does, so this is pretty interesting. A lot of the work that he does, he doesn't. Charge a specific price for it. He just says, give me whatever you think it was worth. If you think it was worth zero, then fine. Now, now here's part of the key with that, though. As a coach, you could get burned a lot doing that if you weren't careful. He says the biggest challenge as a coach is proper client selection. So he works with people who really do want to change. And then he's worked with people like the CEO of Ford Motor Company and certainly a lot of other very notable business success stories. But he says, if they don't care, don't waste your time. Don't spend time trying to change people who don't want to change. Don't try to change family members, friends, or clients who don't want to change. He says, just don't waste your time on that. Um, So it was, it was interesting. His presentation had very little to do with financial wealth building. It had to do with connecting making a difference in people's lives, building relationships and so on. He also said a couple of things, of course, kind of perked my ears up being in the space that I'm in. he said, people who are miserable at work are miserable at home. They're just miserable people. You know, you can figure out how to be happy anywhere you are in any kind of circumstances if you in fact choose to do so. Well, one more, and then we're just going to wrap up here. One more guy um, that I've, had the privilege of meeting was Jay Rogers, who is the CEO and founder of Local Motors. Now, they're the ones that did the digital car, the 3D car. You print it, you design it, and, and there's some pretty astounding stories. Check them out. Go to Local Motors online. You can see some just amazing videos and amazing projects that they're doing. They don't do just cars. They do these drift trikes, and they do other kinds of products, a lot of them. But he says we've been focused on service businesses for too long where it's just service businesses, we got to do that. You know, the only thing that's important is information and uh, then have an intellectual property kind of products and services. Well, he's saying, you know, we need to realize there's a real pendulum swing. And and there is. The, the pendulum swing is back in our country to making real, tangible products. A lot of companies here offshored their manufacturing. So they were having manufacturing done in India, Taiwan, China, Japan, Mexico, and so on. A lot of those companies had pretty unhappy experiences in doing that. So there's a lot of manufacturing that's being brought back to, I mean, there's a, there's a lady, golly, I can't think of her name. I interviewed her and uh, she, she is Chinese. And so her company, they had everything manufactured in China. She had such a bad experience with that. She moved all the operations to the United States But Jay Rogers from local motors is saying that we're going to see a real pendulum swing back to making good quality products right here in the United States. So if you've got an idea or if you need something made, don't think that it's going to have to come from some other country. It can be done right here. He's certainly doing that with what he's doing with local motors. Great example of that. Well, uh, just kind of a recap of some of our ideas here and we're going to be wrapping up. Um, what are you giving up for your success in business? And one of the things I did not really talk about Damon, John was very open about the fact that he focuses on business and he travels a ton. And in doing so, he lost his marriage and being there as a daddy for his two little girls. He was very open about that. He says it cost him that, that he's the one that said, what are you giving up for success in business? It doesn't have to be, you know, I'm, I'm one of these guys, I'm an and guy, not an either, or I don't think that either you choose to be successful in your family and your health or in business, look for success and excellence in all of those areas. And I think it really can be done. He really didn't give a whole lot of hope for being able to do that. He still travels, you know, extensively has a new relationship, but he, he made it very apparent that that relationship take second fiddle to what he's doing in business right now. Now, what he talked about is he's really going to, you know, bust it for two years and then he's going to kind of step back and take a fresh look at where he is. But I don't think you can make that kind of compromise. I mean, in two years, you know, he's going to be pushing 50 and I don't think you can give up that much of your life and then hope to recapture relationships that should have been building For the last 30 years, I don't think you can just decide, okay, now I'm going to, you know, be dedicated to family and friends. I think those are habits that go very, very deep. And if you aren't building the habits now, I don't think you can just flip a switch and make it happen. Well, another thing we talked about, you may want to do something stupid. If you're doing something that other people say is stupid, you're probably on the right track. Make sure that you protect your mental health. If you're an independent, creative, entrepreneurial kind of person. I mean, you're going to be nuts, but make sure that you do things to in intentionally protect your balance and mental health. Well, what do you think about the idea of just closing schools for two years and see what happens? You think we would come up with better solutions? Bree says that's exactly what would happen if we closed them, We'd come up with better solutions for how to train, educate our children. I think he's right. Some big challenges there. We're going to see some major correction in that arena. I'm absolutely convinced. Could you list 12 things that make you unique? If not, why not? If you're like everybody else one of the blogs I did recently talked about working at McDonald's, McDonald's workers are, are want to go on strike and create a union and force McDonald's to pay them 15 bucks an hour. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Why, why would, should, why should they be forced to do that? I mean, don't get caught up in, gee, everybody needs a living wage. That's another kind of conversation. But if there are other people standing in line that can do exactly what you're doing, you don't have any unique value. Don't try to get paid more without developing something unique that you do. So list 12 things that make you unique. It'll open doors of opportunity and increase your financial wealth like you could only dream about. Well, we've got a Coaching with Excellence event coming up here in uh, may 21st and 22nd Uh, that's our premier event for the year we do it three times a year this one's filling up quickly as well we had a sold out one the one in january you know we tell people we limit that to 40 people and then if we really stretch you know we'll allow 48 people here well in january we had 60 I'm like, Ashley, what are you doing? Ashley's my daughter. She handles registration. I said, what are you thinking? And she's, oh, you know, this person just begged me to get into that. And I said, well, push them back to the other months. We can't. Anyway, we had 60 people here in January. So next one's coming up in May. And then we got one more, I think it's September. But it's our premier event to help people take ideas and turn those into real viable businesses and uh, benefit the world and prosper financially in the doing. So join us for that. We'd love to see you here. And again if you got an idea about why the rich get richer and the poor get poor just shoot a note to me ask dan at 48days.com. We'll be going back to our regular format next week. If you got questions that you'd like to have uh, discussed here I'd be happy to do that. Same place just ask dan at 48days.com or go to the website 48days.com click on ask dan. You'll see a little red burst there where you can submit your question. Thanks for bearing with me Uh, every once in a while. You know, I think sometimes that um, we get kind of into this same theme and I like to shake things up once in a while. I really enjoyed going to this conference totally outside my area of expertise, totally outside the kind of conferences that I normally go to. That was very much by intention, by design so that it would stretch me thinking about new things, seeing things in new ways. So I hope it's been refreshing to you as well To just kind of peek in a little bit Hear some of the stories And inspire your own creativity
0: Stuck in the J-O-B Can someone set me free I've had enough of this This life is meaningless These hours don't pay enough This work so tough, I need to get away. The clock is ticking, so don't delay. It's gonna take your whole heart. It's gonna take all you've got.